available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Now listen here, Chuck. I know what you did last podcast, and I won't stand for it. I'm not angry at you. I'm just disappointed. Anyway, my feedback for this podcast... Message deleted. Message deleted. What, what is happening in here? Joe, are you all right? Oh, poor Joe. Why is he tied up? <sighs> now I need to know. Why is this so messy in here? <sighs> There's no messages been left. Was there, was there anything left at all? <laughs> Nothing. So what have you actually been doing the last two weeks? Fantastic. <sighs> oh, well. Hey-ho. Back into the flow of it, hey? <laughs> Welcome aboard. cartridge blowers out there this is n64 life with myself cliff foster aka the amazing cliff on the old twitter your guide through the world's greatest computer game console of all time the nintendo 64 welcome aboard everybody it's two weeks on the trot uh, maybe not next time because th there's things happening. I'm off on holiday, so I'll explain it at the end. Wait until the end. You can find out what the next what the next battle for Jinjos is because it's a big one. Oh, it's a big one. It's gonna be a cool one. So yeah, we've got the next uh, battle for Jinjos, which is gonna be a triple threat. Just to, just to you know hype this up a bit. Um, but that'll be coming not in two weeks' time. A little bit over two weeks' time because of me hollybubs. So, yes, so you have to wait for that one. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm back for another show. And as you know, if you if you do come and join us on a Friday or a Sunday on Twitch.tv forward slash N64 Life Podcast, you can claim for a shout out. And these people this time round have claimed for a shout out. Oh, God, it's nice to have a short list. Oh, no, it's not nice, because it would be nice if lots of you got on. However, these these four lovely people have claimed for a shout-out. So, Neil, welcome aboard. Super Sexy Dave Fisher, welcome aboard. Tom, welcome aboard. And somebody's rubbed out the name at the end. Uh, what's that say? Tatty? Batty? What, the performer Newcastle midfielder? Let's put in a shout out. What's that say? M Matic. Maybe it says Matic. Chuff. What? What have you been doing to the names up there? Well, I can't read that. I think that says Matty. I think it's Matty Boo Twitch's welcome aboard. But what? Was, don't, don't mess about with things that aren't yours. For God's sake. 
Uh, but no, welcome aboard, all four of you. Lovely to have you here. Thank you very much. And if you want to claim for your shout-out, you can do so by joining me on a Friday uh, for the Ruddy Friday streams or the Sunday, the Chill Sunday streams, where we're currently playing Simpsons Hit and Run. If you want to come and join me across the, uh, those times, you can get chatting in our lovely community. We have got such an engaged community. You know, if you're looking at, let's say, the average, the average is about 10 viewers that's that's the average which i'm really proud of like to hit double digits i am so proud of that however if you look at let's say the involvement the engagement behind those people watching flipping heck i'd love to know like if there was a conversion number that you could do to have a look at your engaged viewers because i tell you what this bloody community is up there oh i love this community it's lovely. Yes, yeah, so Fridays and Sundays, 8.30 till 11. If you want to lurk, lurk, because I love you lurkers. Lurkers rule. They do. So let's come on to today's episode, where we will be having a battle for Jinjos. Jinjo! It's been a while. <laughs> oh, it feels so nice saying that. And this battle for Jinjos is a good one. It's a bloody great one. I can't wait for you all to listen to this. So stick around because it's between these two games. First of all, StarCraft 64. Oh, this is a game not played by many. However, let me explain it because if you're a PC gamer, you might have already played it. Ooh, oh, spoilers. And it will be facing off against this game. I've got a present for you. That was left-handed. Installing. Please stand by. Command and conquer. Yes, that 1995 classic, which came across the N64 four years later. Oh, how how has it aged? How has this game aged? How has StarCraft 64 aged? Because that game, we'll go into it. With the, let's not jump ahead of ourselves. Let's not jump ahead of ourselves. Because we've got a hell of a battle coming up. So let's do this. So, it's time for Battle for Jinjos. Finally, for some of you, this might be six months. Because the last Battle for Jinjos we recorded was way back in May of last year when we did Perfect Dark versus The World Is Not Enough. Um, so, this, is, this has been a wait for some of you. However, some of you, this might be your first time. And some of you might be on a binge and say, don't say the rules again, but sod off. I'm here to tell you the rules because we've got five Jinjos each of these games can collect based off of the five Jinjos that you could collect in Banjo-Kazooie in each level where you could collect those and get yourself a Jiggy at the very end. Each of these will be battling off for these Jinjos. Whoever gets the most Jinjos wins something. They win, they win this battle for Jinjos. That's what they win. They win this battle for Jinjos. That fundamentally means nothing. <laughs> 
<laughs> but hey-ho, um, one of those Jinjos is based on storyline. The next one is based on gameplay. The next one is based on sound and graphics. The next one is based on the IGN score and the IGN review. What did they think of it at the time? And lastly, it's based off of the most important one what you guys thought and 16 of you voted this time around so thank you to everyone that voted thank you thank you thank you thank you and remember that a week before this battle a battle for jinjos goes live and gets gets recorded you guys can go and vote on twitter at n64 life podcast go go and go and have a look now you never know we might be there might be a battle for jinjos ready to be voted for ready for you to tell me what you thought of each game but let's get into this firstly into the storyline and firstly into starcraft 64 released in north america on the 13th of june 2000 and in australia on the 25th of the 5th, so 25th of May 2001, a very, very, very late game to come to the N64. And as you may have heard, it wasn't the whole power region, only Australia. Um, developed by Blizzard Entertainment and Mass Media Inc., published by Nintendo. As I said, it was due to have a European release. But as we've heard with a lot of these games, like when we spoke about Indiana Jones um, and the Infernal Machine, that some of these games got to the state of that they were being thrown around by publisher to publisher, or it was just decided not to release, which is a massive shame as we come into this game. So Blizzard Entertainment... Yes, your least favorite slash favorite publisher slash developer of all time. I I see you. I see you. (laughs) Don't worry, ladies and gents, because the other one, EA, I'm looking at you, is also brought up in this podcast. But Blizzard founded on the 8th of the 2nd, 1991, as Silicon and Synapse Incorporated by Michael Morhaime, Frank Pierce, and Alan Adham creating they basically they got off by creating ports uh, for other developers uh one of them being a game that is fondly remembered on this podcast at least rock and roll racing other games that they did was lost vikings as well in 1993 um but they became uh, chaos studio incorporated and not long after that were then bought out by davidson and associates a distributor um, that really saw that this this company could go far. Now, with this, they've then renamed Chaos Studio or Silicon and Synapse. They named it to Blizzard Entertainment. And at this point, they would go on to create some of the biggest names that we have seen in the computer gaming industry, such as Warcraft and Diablo. Um, however... We're not going on to those games today. We are going to stick with 1998's StarCraft, which was originally released as a free demo called Loomings. Uh, The full game, because it did so well, was released in October of 99 as a custom map campaign hosting online battles at battle.net and was expanded 
multiple times with multiple storylines and being able to create the, through Battle.net this really huge internet uh, community wanting to play these games. And at this point, they saw that it was a viable option to go to console market. The original idea was to go to the PlayStation, seeing that they thought that the PlayStation had more of a mass market for these types of games. However, it was decided quite late on that, in fact, they would concentrate on the Nintendo 64. If that's because the publishers, uh, Nintendo said, we will publish it for you, I don't know. However, this was a huge decision and saw really Blizzard really jump into a game and uh, which had so many expansions and decide, right, what are we actually going to bring across to the console market? And they concentrated on the StarCraft and the Brood War expansion to bring across. So let's go into the story of this fantasy world of StarCraft. So we start, here we go, this is this is jumping down a massive rabbit hole, and if you are a massive StarCraft fan, I will try and do this as justice with the little knowledge I have on it. But first of all, we start with Tyran government. Now they are more of a sort of industrial, because we've got these three um, sort of themes to these armies of industrial, uh, high technology, and organic. And this is where that sort of very very sort of bureaucratical slash you know government comes into fashion uh, where the Tyran government or the Tyran confederacy falls into a state of panic as it comes under attack by both zerg zerg are the more as i said organic slash xenomorph sort of creature race and the protoss which are your more predator slash high technology race um in addition to increasing rebel activity led by their leader, Arcturus Mensk. I'm so sorry, I can't pronounce that. Anyway, <laughs> the competency eventually succumbs to Meng. Here we go. Mengsks. Mengsks? Rebels, when they use Confederate technology to lure the Zerg into an attack, attacking the Confederate capital. Uh, Tyrannosis. Uh, in the consequent power vacuum, Mens crowns himself the emperor of a new Tyrian dominion. Uh, during the assault on Tyrannosis, uh, Mens uh, allows the Zerg to capture and infest his Pison second in command, Sarah Carrigan. Uh, this, betray this betrayal prompts Mens's other commander, Jim Raynor to desert him with a small army. Having retreated with Kerrigan to their primary hive cluster, the Zerg are assaulted by Protoss forces commanded by Tazdar, Tazadar. Through assassinating a Zerg Cerebit, uh, Zeratul inadvertently allows the Overmind to learn the location of the Protoss homeworld. The Overmind quickly launches an invasion to assimilate the Protoss and gain a genetic perfection. Pursued by his own people as a heretic for siding with the Dark Templar, um, Ta Tassadar uh, returns to, to Aether, um and with the assistance of Ra Raynor 
and the Templar Felix uh, launches an attack on the Mind World and eventually sacrifices himself to kill, kill the creature. Blooming Laura! Oh, this is all sorts of Warhammer-esque storyline, isn't it? I'm not going to do this justice. It is so deep, this storyline. Like, it's, it deserves some form of codex to it. Blinking heck. There is so much to learn from this. It is so in-depth and... Oh, it's, it, I'm not going to do this justice. I'm really not. Me reading out this storyline is not going to do this game justice. And as an outsider looking in... It's very much the case of that it's it's the free it's the free armies sort of battling off against each other, but certain sides siding with each other at times. You know, it's it's such an in-depth world that they've created behind these games. And obviously they do with later games such as Diablo and such mainly to do with Warcraft as well. But it's the major thing that I really like about how this storyline goes is that you've got that difference between the industrial, the high technology, and the organic. And it does remind me of very much that, you know, the Marines, the Xenomorphs, and the Predators, um, to a point, because they are very similar with how they battle, in a way. It, there is obvious, there's obvious um, uh, creative license or or inspiration taken from that series and i think you could say that with warhammer 40k you know where you had the tyranids and you have the space marines you, you know you've got very much that there as well and it does it you can see why people are automatically absorbed into this world because there's so many cultural references that make this easy and accessible so let's go on to something a bit more but actually, do you know what? It's really ache because tactical games, they just love to throw lore at you. Let's go into Command and Conquer. So Command and Conquer released in North America on the 29th of the 6th, 1999, and Europe on the 28th of the 6th, 1999. Hang on a minute. We got it a day early. Yay. Victory. Yes. Not, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a lesser victory, but hey ho, still quite nice, isn't it? We got we got a game early. I've been 24 hours, but <laughs> developed by Westwood Studios alongside Looking Glass Studios as well. Published by Nintendo again. Uh, this is a direct port, even though the other one is sort of a port. This is an honest direct port of the 1995 smash hit that originally came out for dos later on in 1996 it came out for the mac the saturn and the playstation and then later in 1997 would come across to windows and in 1999 it made that leap two years later across to the n64 uh westwood however so westwood studios founded in 1985 by brett brett sperry and louis castle um specializing in strategy from the start really they very much found their market and they knew where they were going with this creating games such as mars saga battletech and eye of the beholder and a game that is fondly remembered in dune 2 the build of a dynasty um later on they were bought out by virgin interactive 
in from 1992 to 1998. So very much these years of Command and Conquer coming to the forefront of everything. But then in 1998, they were bought by, as I said, they're coming, Electronic Arts. So let's go into this because this story was very much this. It, the electronic Arts cannot hold anything to this because eventually, you know, Electronic Arts in 2003 would go and dissolve Westwood, which is such a shame because it's such an iconic um, developer. So let's go into that world that Westwood created. So, Command and Conquer is set in alternate history and begins with a meteor crashing near the river Tiber in the... No! Oh, God, that's one of those moments where... Oh, flipping heck. I never put Tiberium and Tiber together. I'm sorry, I've let us all down. I'm going. I did not know this in Italy in 1995. The meteor brings with it an alien substance that scientists call Tiberium. Oh, why is it? What, I, what, everyone's going, well, of course, Cliff, we knew this. I'm like, sorry, I just had one of those moments where I've realized where it's come from. Uh, named after the impact site. I now know this, uh, which can absorb uh, and crystallize precious precious me metals uh, from the surrounding soil, but also terraform its surroundings and produce an extremely toxic gases and radiation that is fatal to humans and animals. An ancient cultic society called the Brotherhood of Nod. Nod, Nod who claims to have foreseen the potentials of this new substance through their self-proclaiming messiah, yet this figure known as Cain, invests in a development of the technology to harvest and refine Tiberium crystals far ahead of the global scientific community's own research and use its resources to gather to accumulate a rapidly growing army of followers worldwide. By the beginning of the game, Tiberian has spread across the planet, the Nod forces gaining control of nearly half of the rapidly growing substances through footholds in some of the poorest nations. This wealth has enabled Nod to, Nod's forces to conduct increasing ambitious terrorist attacks in wealthy countries. The global, the global Defense Initiative, GDI, initially formed by the United Nations as a multinational peacekeeping forces in the aftermath of an alternate version of World War II, has since been repurposed as a global anti-terrorism organization and makes its new goal the elimination of Nod across the globe. The conflict between the two sides eventually cum accumulates in a worldwide war between the GDI and Nod, and the Nod campaign takes place in Africa so basically, yes, yeah, so the Nord campaign, this is where we, we separate the two campaigns. The Nord campaign takes place in Africa and the GDI campaign being set in Europe. So 
this storyline, it's set in an alternate universe. It's something that we can relate to, obviously, going back to World War II, um, you know, the creation of the UN, and almost a NATO being created. It's very similar to a NATO um, to originally protect and make sure that a massive war like that doesn't happen again. However, it's then repurposed as this anti-terrorist group, this messiah appearing that is so fundamentally known. Like, there's certain things with this storyline. And as I said, the, the StarCraft 64 storyline is so in-depth. Any StarCraft fans out there, it's it's nothing against this. But the Jinjo 4 storyline is going to go to Command and Conquer. <laughs> Now, that isn't, as I said, I think that the StarCraft 64 is very in-depth. It does take inspiration, and this is it. For me, I would say that the it, it's the lesser of a, as I said, an Aliens world, a, 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 xenomorph, a marine xenomorphs and uh, predators, or if we look at, let's say, something extremely similar, similar in the way of strategy, and that's the, more, uh, the Warhammer 2K. Uh, 20k, sorry, uh, universe. I think that it is really good and it's really in-depth. And when you play these games, it does draw you in and you do get that sense of the understanding as you play. But to come in and read that as even somebody that's played this game for over 20 hours to try and read the actual basis of this storyline, it is pretty hard. However, Command & Conquer has transcended I would say that Command & Conquer, that there's certain things in Command & Conquer that people know of. Kane, for instance, the Hand of Nod, you know, there's certain buildings, as I said, the Hand of Nod, there's certain buildings that even transcended. The Tesla, uh, the Tesla statues. I think that, I think that these, these things have, yeah, become such, and the public's, uh, it was such a part of our childhoods. I think that anybody could tell you the basis of the Commander Conquer story over the basis of StarCraft 64. I, I personally would say that. You might not agree with me. You might turn around and say, actually, Commander Conquer is a better... Sorry, uh, that StarCraft 64 is the more well-known. I would say no. I would say there's certain things in the psyche that the Commander Conquer storyline has resonated a lot better. But hey-ho, this is just me. This is just my opinions, but I am going to give the uh, Jinjo to Command and Conquer. But let's go into gameplay because this is where it could take a swing. So after getting very confused behind the StarCraft 64 storyline, and I'm still very, very sorry to any huge fans of StarCraft that are now throwing their, I don't know, their yogurts at their phones as they're listening to this on a podcast. I apologize profusely. However, let's go into gameplay because I have never owned StarCraft 64. It is very much a game that I had to get on my EverDrive. But it was one of the first games I went to. Because where it came out so late in the N64's life, it only came out in the PAL region in Australia. It is an expensive cart. It is a cart that you're looking that you will have to pick up in the hundreds 
Um, it's it's not a cheap one. If that is PAL, if that is uh, NTSC uh, American, it, it is not a cheap cart. I hope to one day uh, uh, own either. I don't mind, but I hope to one day own either. But at the same time, this is what the joys of the EverDriver 4. It was, as I said, I hold my hands up. It was one of those first games I downloaded because personally, I love a strategy game. So let's go into my history a little bit into strategy games. So when I was younger, I we got a PC. So we got a, um, a PC with Windows 98 on it about sort of 99, 2000. So with that came the free games that you got with it. One of those free games, which unfortunately is not a game that we will be uh, we will be diving into on here. However, is a game that I f***ing love still. And that's Total Annihilation. What began as a conflict over the transfer of consciousness from flesh to machines escalated into a war which has decimated a million worlds. The core and the arm have all but exhausted the resources of a galaxy in their struggle for domination. Both sides now crippled beyond repair the remnants of their armies continue to battle on ravaged planets, their hatred fueled by over 4,000 years of total war. This is a fight to the death. For each side, the only acceptable outcome is the complete elimination of the other. Now, with Total Annihilation, I, it was great with how expansive it was and the different types of battles you could have. And you could really get lost into its um, its open-worldy sort of way. Um, but that's, uh, that online community for Total Annihilation was absolutely humongous. So if you wanted to play by yourself, you can do. However, there was a huge online community. Then later on came a game from the Commander Conquer universe, which was... Red Alert 2. And Red Alert 2 was a huge part of my life. Again, that we would go over and uh, battle each other on land, sea, or space. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, so we, we used to go over each other's houses and play land battles of that. And uh, over my friend Will's house, we used to bring our laptops. And it was such a big part of that. Now, StarCraft 64 is great in the way of the expansive gameplay now a lot of these games we will go into use the uh expansion pack to expand on the graphics or the sound or you know to make it a bit more cleaner the lines and give it a high uh high res mode and things on those lines what i love about starcraft 64 it doesn't increase any of the sound quality or the graphics quality it goes very much into the gameplay because if you have an expansion it adds so you get out the box you get three campaigns with 10 miss missions each however this gives you an additional um brought so the brood uh, war so as i said one of the expansions the brood war which gives you another three campaigns with eight to eleven missions depending on which species it's for so i really love that idea that that this expansion pack wasn't just used for oh let's just tart up the game a bit i really love that fact of and it does give you an additional bit which i'll go on at the very very end i will go on to that at the end but let's go on to the first player a hint of what it might be 
Um, <laughs> let's go into the first place. So, obviously, it's a strategic base building war, uh, point and click, uh, war game, war games, um, where you've got your different units and you build your bases, you collect the resources. It's very much a copy and paste. Command and Conquer, this game, uh, even uh, going back to Total Annihilation, they all stick to a certain formula. And this is why they work, because you can pick up any of these games and you understand you have a base, you have to collect your resources and you have to build your 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 armies. And this has so many, so many expansive armies. And as I said, it adds that difference in each of these species. It gives you a different experience. So we start with the Turan and they are very much that industrial. So you've got their SCV uh, material gathering uh robots that go back and forth but they also build all your uh, bits and pieces around you so it's not like command and conquer where you just click on the building and you can build these robots will go and build your stuff very much like total annihilation again uh, where you have the robots that are going around building the bits and bobs as they go um you've got obviously your armies that you can build you've got with uh the tehran you've got the marines you've got the fire bats we've got um They've got their flamethrowers. You've got the medics. You've got the ghost uh, troops, which have got cloaking, and they can guide nukes later. Um, and you've got the vultures, which are sort of your grenadiers, your your mines, your grenades. And then you've got your tanks with the sort of tanks Goliath, which is an anti-aircraft gun. Uh, you've got the wraith, which is a is a pretty badass uh, uh, airship. Uh, you've got dropships. You've got science vessels, which help detect anything that's got cloaking around you, uh, but also disable shields and helps protect. You've got the Valkyrie, which is a badass jet fighter. I uh, really like the Valkyries. And then you've got the battle cruisers, which are the more slow and steady. But then they've got Yamato cannons to them, which are really strong and really cool. Uh, however, then you've got the organic with the Zerg, as I said, taking that inspiration from the Xenomorphs. Where you've got drones, you've got Zerglings, which just sort of run up and suicide blow up as they go along. You've got the Hydralisk, uh, which is sort of can attack uh, air and ground. You've got the Ultralisk, which are strong but slow. You've got the Defilers, uh, which uh, have abilities. They give you basically your... They boost up the abilities around you, quite like how the Science Vessel works, that, you know, you can boost up uh, sort of the abilities of troops around you. They use sort of the Dart Swarm and Plague, which sort of help increase... Uh, HP and attack at the same time. Uh, Bruiselings, which are like hive workers, which are very similar to that sort of, uh, you know, being able to build your base uh, and then create more of the infested terrain. So as you go along, you can actually create more of this infested terrain. Uh, you've got the flying Multalisk uh, and the scur Scourge, which are like suicide bombers again. Um, you've got Guardians, uh uh, basically, the Guardian's got the longest range attack in the whole bloody game, but it's really good. You've got Devourer, which are like a anti-aircraft, and then the major thing is, is your base isn't just a base. Your base is the queen. You've got to protect your queen. So then we go into the Pro Protoss, uh, which, as I said, that advanced tech, very much taking that that inspiration from a, a Predator-esque society. So you've got the uh, Zealot, 
the drag dragoon the high templar which uh the templar bits and pieces they're more for support so uh, you've got the High Templar, which more support the people around you. And then you've got the Dark Templar, which cloaking. And then you can fuse these uh, troops together to be able to create an Achon, um, which is sort of fusing two High Templars and the uh, Dark uh, Achlon as well by fusing two Dark Templars. That means that you'll be able to attack as well. You've got the Corsair, which is definitely the sort of best air troop that you get in this you've got scouts obviously small ships that you can just no real attack to them just go there quickly scout out the terrain see what you've got around you um you've got the air biters uh, which are able to sort of slow down enemies uh you've got the carrier ships as well i mean like every single army that you use in this will give you definitely a difference in the gameplay um and as I said, with this expansion pack, it gives you multiplayer as well. As well as all of those expanded um, uh, expanded uh, capabilities in the way of the campaign that you can do at another campaign as well. I do love this expansion pack being used like this. Um, where you could sort of use it as... You can change the multiplayer as well. It's so expansive. Like to melee, free-for-all, allied melee, team melee, scenarios. You've got loads of scenarios in there as well. I mean, absolutely F-ton to keep you occupied. You've got one that's on a football field where you're sort of trying to get from one side to the other. You've got herding zerglings, so you can herd these zerglings into different areas, almost like sort of a sheep sheep herder sort of trials. You've got units on the hill where so whoever gets the most new units on the hill wins. You've got the floor is on fire sort of level where every eight minutes the uh, ground just sort of burns and anybody who's on the ground loses, uh, but it's a battle to get to 5,000 minerals. You've got guardian which is sort of a, a, a pre-made base that you have to defend you've got a zerg uh, trooper one where you're sort of protecting the temple so very similar one where you're the zerg instead you've got a bonus mission in there as well that you can use as a campaign mode which is resurrection four where and then you've got um rage um so you can just go and destroy a city so basically you just destroy the city someone's defending the city um the, the it's so expansive i mean that multiplayer is a bit like what why am i only learning about this now why can't i have learned about this back then because it is so expansive it's breathtaking that they were able to fit all of this on that car and as i said it's so refreshing that someone used that bloody expansion pack rather than just making the graphics look a bit better Let's get rid of the polygons. Um, the great thing behind this as well is that it's not a direct port. It's 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 its own entity in a way. It is sort of a port, but sort of not. It's really hard to explain. Um, but the great thing is because it's sort of a port, it's adapted around the N64 controller. So it, the thing is, is that the N64 controller has an F ton of buttons on. Maybe that's why it was bought across rather than the playstation i'm not too sure but the great thing is where it's adapted around that controller it does feel pretty natural it's your where your mind wants to go to hit stuff and do stuff you can do it, it works very very well um so that's the gameplay for starcraft 64 i mean if you have 
got an emulator or if you've got yourself an EverDrive, get this game. If you love your strategy games, and this is lovely. As I said, it's got that air of total annihilation to it. Uh, there is another game called Alien vs. Predator Extinction that I had for the PlayStation 2 and recently got for the Xbox again. It has that very much feel to it. It's it's a bloody good uh, it's a bloody good strategy game. I mean it. Go and pick it up. It, obviously, if you want to spend that much money on a cart, please do so. But if you haven't got the monies and you're not a collector, just go and pick an, an emulation of it. It is great. So we come on to Command and Conquer. As I said, it is a direct port with a couple of little added extras. Uh, so Command and Conquer. So yeah, again, real world, explore, uh, resource management, uh, missions. So you've got 15 GDI missions, 13 Nod missions. So a good amount of missions to keep you occupied on there. Plus... There's an exclusive to the N64, which is a special operation mission where you get to go a little Rambo. You do. Freedom! Uh, you get to go a bit Rambo and sort of Marine. Um, and as you sort of gain your missions in the mission, uh, in the campaign, I suppose, uh, yeah, you get to add more and more troops to it. So you you, you start off with a commando. It's, it's really fun. It's fun and frustrating at the same time. But it is one of those things. If you've just got like... I don't know, 20, 30 minutes to play a game and you just want to pick up something and just really have a bit of fun with it. It, it is absolutely perfect for that. So you do get some differences with the GDI compared to the Nod. Now, we'll go into these now because you've got that very much the last game. You've got three armies that are very different. Because the landscape where this is set... These armies are similar in a way, however, there are actual differences. So let's go into the GDI. So the GDI have minigunners, they have uh, grenadiers, bazooka, commando, engineers. Uh, they have vehicles uh, that are very much specific to them, like uh, HMMVV, uh, which is a Humvee-type uh, Humvee type car. You've got the APC and armored personnel carriers. You've got medium tanks. You've got mobile rocket launch systems. You've got the mammoth tanks, which are humongous. You've got the Orca um, assault craft, which is like a sort of is it is a space is a ship, but it, it's it's an attack craft. That's the best way of putting it. It's it's not necessarily a up. It's sort of up in the air and sort of lands and comes down. It's a weird one to try and explain. Uh, you've got transport helicopters. You've got obviously the MCV, which is your base. You've got the harvesters. You've got hovercraft in there as well, and then you've got the A10, which is a ship that comes along and just. Sorry, a ship, a plane that comes along and just causes uh, an airstrike. And actually, in specific missions, you do get a ship. You get a gunboat that uh, attacks the coast as you're going along. Now, the Nod have... <laughs> the Nod have the cool things. <laughs> I'll be honest. When you were a kid, you were learnt more to the cool things, weren't you? You were learnt to the differences. Like... Everyone remembers playing the original Red Alert, and I remember having a literal army of doggos. 
So I was the Soviet Union and I literally had an army of doggos and I was fairly happy until I got to any turret. So anything like that, the doggos couldn't do anything. And it was a sad day because those doggos were shot until they fell asleep. They fell asleep. They were just a bit knackered. But that's the great thing about this is that you do have the very... There is true to life uh, with the GDI, but then you've got the nods, which the nods just, they are radical, radical terrorists or freedom fighters that are following a bull bloke that's definitely not Steve Austin called Kane. So I think that it's not even Goldberg. I mean, that it's... It's it's in fitting with them, you know. You've got the flamethrowers, you've got flamethrower troops, even the recon bikes. The recon bikes look cool. The buggies, you get the little nod buggies. The nod buggies are cooler than the Humvees. You've got the light tanks. You've got the mobile intro inventory. You've got the flame tanks. You've got actual flame tanks. You've got stealth tanks as well that sort of just disappear and reappear like, ah, surprise mother. Anyway, and then you've got the cargo planes because guess what? This is a freedom fighting slash terrorist group, so they need to almost, uh, you know, Che Guevara it. They've got to have uh, a plane flying over to drop them bits and pieces, you know. And I love it that these missions sort of run alongside each other but give you an alternate end. That's what the nice thing is, is that you need to go and complete all 15 GDI missions, but you're also going to need to complete all the Nod missions as well. It, it's really nice with the campaigns, but unfortunately, that's it. There's no multiplayer. There's no link-up play. There's no... It's a nice first-player experience. But, unfortunately, all of those lovely added extras that Blizzard put into StarCraft are just not here. They're really, really, really just not here. Which is a huge shame. As I said, it's like... You've got... As I said, you've got those... You've got those sort of differences in the truth. I think this is the problem. It's like, yeah, a Command & Conquer's Command & Conquer. You can pick it up and just enjoy it, but... If you're looking for an experience where you are wanting something different, you're going to go to StarCraft 64. So the winner of the second Jinjo for gameplay goes to StarCraft 64. Now, I'm really hoping that my deep dive into all of these games brings up another game. Don't worry, if you know of one, don't you don't need to tweet me with it. But I really hope there's another game that appears that it actually, that the, the expansion pack doesn't just give you nicer graphics. It actually says, okay, you can expand this game. I hope I come across more. And if not, it's a real, uh, so sad that we don't get that. Uh, but let's go on to the third Jinjo, which is for sound and graphics. So here we go, sound and graphics. We know that a majority of this comes down to the size of the cart. So either way, with the sound of the graphics or even the gameplay, uh, you cannot you have to take into account that both of these are 30 megabyte cart, 32 megabyte cart. So both are big carts. 
Um, so let's start with StarCraft 64. You've got video with sound in it. Oh, that's so cool. It's 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 grainy as f but it's there. <laughs> it's there, which always makes me go, oh, they care about this. <laughs> it is, it's there, and they made sure that, the, you know, you've got the videos in there, which is really cool. And I, I, it is one of those moments on an N64 game, and I think a lot of N64 owners would agree with me. This is where we used to get jealous with PlayStation's owners when they actually had real video in there. As a wrestling fan, I No Mercy is the best. Don't get me wrong. Or, or WrestleMania 2000. I do love that pay-per-view mode. Um, but at the same time, you were jealous when anybody saw SmackDown for the first time and seeing uh, Triple H's entrance and you're like... I, why can't I have this? This has got like the real Titan. It's got the real Titantron. Why, why, why am I not allowed this? And that is, you know, and it, so it is nice when they actually take the time to try and compress this down enough, which, as I say, great is <laughs> enough to go on there. And the sort of graphics as you go along, um, they use, as I said, they use this expansion pack to create you more levels, uh, more gameplay options. However, there is a definitely a polish that's missing um it's not it's not overridingly awful we're not talking about the early days in the n64 where you look at certain games you go oh my god polygons everywhere you know it, it very much lives into its um in its 2d environment uh yeah we it, it very much leans into that but there's not a great huge amount of detail to the the units and the uh, buildings or the sort of environments that are around you um it, it's nice don't get me wrong but there is a texture that's missing there which maybe the other game has uh the mu music's really lovely immersive though and the sound in it is it's it's really nice and you know it, it's impactful obviously you know there, there's a good collision detection with the sound happening at the right times which is always nice um, yeah, I, I think that with Star, StarCraft 64, they tried to get a lot onto that cart. They did. And they, obviously, at the beginning screen, you know, you have fully animated, almost three, uh, 2.5D uh, models on the front, uh, which are sort of animated and they're moving. So they, they're trying to get a lot onto this cart. They did. And obviously, they make a lot of little cutbacks where they need to uh as you go along but it's i think you know especially with the um they had to completely remove a lot of the video and the sound uh in setting up the missions which is a shame um it is nice but it's a lot of reading expect to be sat there trying to do a lot 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 of reading if you're doing the campaign modes to try and figure out what is happening um but it's at the same time yeah it's it's they they knew their limitations and they worked very well around it now with command and conquer it was yet again another 32 get bit i'm um, sorry 32 meg car um it, it's i don't know if this is because this is the sixth port but they nail this port they really do for how it looks and it's ultra quick load times and it just feels very nice. Um, they did have to make, you know, they had to make a lot of concessions again 
they didn't have the full animations that you got on other versions. But they had all the sounds. The sound was exactly so, exactly the same. So they were able to bring over the WAVs. But at the same time, it was it was a shame because you know this series from the cheesy acting and. It's a bit of a sad one when you do lose that cheesy acting. I, do you know what I mean? It's a bit bit sad, but they, they, they worked yet again with the limitations that they had. But the ultra-quick load times are beautiful. There's, there's a high-slash-low-res uh, mode in this as well. Um, the, to be honest, you can keep it just in that low-res mode. You can keep it in just that low-res mode, and it's so polished. It's so clean. The high-res mode does make it like, oh, wow. Um, but at the same time, keep it in that low-res mode because uh, you do get a little bit of slowdown, especially on PAL. I did give a little bit of a go with PAL and uh, NTSC. Uh, I, I may have cheated with the NTSC one and got all the latter levels. I got the Command & Conquer ones from when I was a kid for the PAL one. But yeah, I had to go back and sort of when you have the bigger battles see where the lag because that's when you got when you've got multiple people on that screen you will see the lag in uh pal versus ntsc um but uh you it's not too much it, there's not a huge amount and as i said the music in both is great so frank um frank kaplaski uh was the composer for westwood pretty much through the whole of the westwood um uh sort of lifespan uh from uh the 90s uh, sorry from the 90s all the way into the 2003s you know so he was uh, he created all that music for the games which is very yeah again extremely iconic like we're talking about that story mode those those sounds that you get in this the music so the unable to comply building in progress loading ready to launch vehicle ready uh unit ready all of those sounds are so iconic with the female voices they're very very uh they're hushed you know it's 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 really good like they nail this they nail this in a prospect of that this as i said you could you could just send that little sound clip from someone somebody will know that that's commander conquer um and the same with the music the music has a very much a commander conquer feel you know, I think that even Red Alert, Red Alert has this very much a feel of the game. And, you know, with Frank, he, he was able to do this. Now, when I was doing a bit of research on Frank, he has actually joined a band called Frank uh, Klapaski and the Tiberian Sons. There's a band that's done a whole remaster on the Commander Conquer music. It's, it's a, that's brill. Bloody brill, isn't it? Um... I mean, with the sound and the graphics, I think that it, 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 they used a lot of that expansion pack in uh, StarCraft to, as I said, give you that full StarCraft experience that people were getting on the computer via the gameplay. Yet, if you look at, let's say, what it gave you in the way of uh, the how crisp those graphics were it's a shame because all that power was used there don't get don't get me wrong i've already i've already told you how much i love that but at the same time when you pick up command and conquer be that pal be that ntsc you play that and you go oh this has aged very well this has aged 
incredibly well. And the great thing behind this version, behind those versions on, uh, let's say, your, um, your PlayStations, your Saturns, is that load time. I mean, you just jump straight into that game. You jump straight in, lay two feet first. You can jump straight into that game. It's a brilliant port. It looks beautiful. It plays beautiful. It's responsive. But mainly, because we're on that ginger, I went off on the tandem there. It's, it looks beautiful. It sounds beautiful. It's iconic. It kept those sounds. Yes, it lost the videos, but it kept that sound in there. So the Jinjo for sounds and graphics goes to command and conquer. So, the last one. What did they think? What did IGN think about these games? More importantly, what did you think? So, we're on to the final Jinjos. Command and Conquer is 2-1 up. But who will get these last? Also oh, important Jinjos. Let's see so first of all let's start with what the critics thought now you gotta remember that both of these games are very much coming to an established market but from a different platform so people are gonna have an opinion straight away about these games straight away so let's start with starcraft so ign had to say I'm one of those that hold StarCraft near and dear to my heart. So I was apprehensive about N64 version as soon as it was announced. There was no way they'd fit all of that game into an N64 version and have it play the same. Well, they didn't and it doesn't. However, it doesn't mean that StarCraft 64 is a total loss. It easily surpasses Command & Conquer as the best strategy game on the N64. And the upcoming Ogre Battle 64 will do better in an RPG category than a stat strategy category in the N64. The game looks like a struggling knockoff of the great PC original. Even the expansion pack support... Nintendo is trying a new one with this this time. With the uh, so the StarCraft 64 is designed for the expansion pack. The good thing is the backbone of StarCraft is still intact, so that all strategy and depth is still there to be enjoyed. Slick and polished, the game is absolutely not. However, if you forgive and forget how it looks, you will find yourself drawn in. See, so this is a weird one that it is somebody that is a fan. It is somebody that is a fan of it. Um, and we come on to the score. So, no, do you know what? No, no, no. We're going to we're gonna say what they thought of Command & Conquer. You wait for the score. You wait for the score. So what did IGN have to say about Command & Conquer? Command & Conquer is a fine game and may get a little addictive for anyone who never got into the PC version of the game. But for anyone who ran through the old version, the N64 won't offer much in the way of new thrills beyond the N64 missions and the 3D world. If Looking Glass had taken the same engine 
and used original units, vehicles, and concepts, we would have a runaway hit on our hands with the first RTS on the N64. However, the stale taste of the old Command & Conquer takes a lot away from the current games, even if it is breaking new ground on the console. The simple fact is we played this game several times, several years ago, and whilst it was fun then, it doesn't hold the same thrill anymore. This is the main thing that keeps us from giving this one a higher rating. If you beat Command & Conquer on the PC four years ago, you may want to pass this uh, pass on this one. If you've never heard of Command & Conquer before today, run out and get it now. If you fall somewhere between the two extremes, give it a rent and don't be surprised if you incur some late charges. So, it's a weird one. It, both of these games, it's like, well, they're not as good as the pc equivalents or very much with command and conquer well we've played this game before but at the same time it was you're looking at it, people wanting to play this game but at the same time they're saying to you look if you pick up this game you're gonna enjoy it if you're a huge starcraft fan don't expect to sound as polished as what you got on the pc version or if you've played command and conquer on the five other platforms it's come out on before don't expect to anything new or gonna be breaking ground but at the same time you're gonna enjoy both of these games so they gave them both very modest scores so so start, let's start off with starcraft 64 it sold 160,000 units obviously it's not gonna sell a lot one when it came out and two that's pretty much the whole american market i, I think that yeah it's 160,000 is more than modest for the the very restricted platforms it came out on it scored 7.7 so it scored 7.7 .7 out of 10, which is a modest score. That's a go out and buy. However, Command and Conquer sold 110,000 units more. So that's 270,000 units it sold. And it scored 76 which means by point one, that brings it back to a draw. That means that the Jinjo, for what the critics thought, go to StarCraft 64. <laughs> which I think is, yeah, again, I would say that both of those are modest. I think that both of those are true to what they're saying. I don't think they're unnecessarily putting either game down. I think that it's very much missed by that IGN reporter that how much they have crammed into this car. He's saying that he's a StarCraft fan, and I get that, but I think that he's actually being fairly modest with how much they've forced onto that car. I'll be really, really honest. And I think the Command & Conquer guy, I think he, he's got it bang on. I think he's got it bang on. If you are somewhere in between, if, you, if you've if you got Command & Conquer and other formats, don't expect anything new, um, apart from that exclusive gameplay with the Commando mode. Um, however, if you are you haven't got it, you're an N64 collector, you need it. It's it's a really good RTS for your system. So go and buy either. Well, don't, don't go and buy StarCraft, unless you've, you've made of money. Anyway! 
now is the most important one. So, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have the power to change this vote. It all comes down to what you guys thought. And if you're being naughty and you already checked your phones to see what the score was, to over to remind yourself, then you're very naughty. You're naughty because 16 of you voted. And we had two comments through. One was from Matty Boo Twitches, who originally sent, I believe that's our Japanese dog. And he also said, what? What do you mean you didn't delete it? Hang on, hang on, hang on. You've been doing what to Matty's messages? You've been deleting Matty me Why? Because he prefers the GameCube. We got a GameCube. We play the GameCube on the streams. But that's no way. Look, if I'm putting you in charge of this... No, that's not good enough. Don't blame him. He hasn't done anything. You tied him up. You tied him up this week. So why do you keep deleting his messages? It's not very nice of you. Isn't seeing that he's, you know, he listens to the show and he supported the show from day dot, is it? Anyway, Matty Boo Twitches has to say about it. He said, went uh, with Commander Conquer. It has all the memes. It does have all the memes. And I think this is where it comes down to that basis. Commander Conquer is more recognizable. And then the second comment is from uh, Sean Dean or Seen Dune or Sean Dunn, um, who just sends me a GDI symbol spinning round and round. What do you mean you didn't delete his messages? What do you mean you and Sean are talking constantly? Why do you not like Matt? You like Matt? Sorry, you like Sean, but you don't like Matty. Sean, like, mocks me with windmills and stuff. Oh, you like him because he mocks me. All right, and fine, be like that. Um, Do you know what? It's a weird one because we only had 16 people vote. And uh, I say only. I love you all. Um, But we have been in the 50s and the 40s with certain games, you know, because everyone has an opinion. I think that maybe there's a lack of knowledge of Command & Conquer. Command & Conquer is not Command & Conquer 64. It is Command & Conquer. And a lot of people will say, well, I never played the N64 version. Well, it's the same as every other version. Or StarCraft 64. Not a lot of people have played that. And it isn't a direct port. It's uh, uh, it's, it's not a port. It's sort of like a... It takes inspiration from the other ones. So I think that it's very, very difficult one. Because both of these games, if you haven't played them... Go and pick them up. Both brilliant RTSs for this system. They are brill. They are absolutely brilliant. Both of them. And StarCraft 64, if you've got an expansion pack, you can go and play with your mates. Play split, split screen. You can have a beer. You can have a chill. And you can play uh, StarCraft 64. And you can teach them something new about this console. So then we come down to the vote. And I think the StarCraft's lack of cells comes into here because if i was to vote because i don't i'll be honest i don't vote on this i would have voted for starcraft 64 picking both of these games up playing them a good 20 hours each before i wrote this i wrote a lot of this over a year ago no joke a lot of this script is over a year ago apart from jiggly chuff yeah dickhead um, I think that if I was to say which one I prefer, StarCraft 64, I'll be honest. However, I understand Command & Conquer is just Command & Conquer. And I don't mean that in a bad way. You can just pick it up 
and play and enjoy Command and Conquer. So, winning with 63% of the vote against 38% of the vote, winning the last Jinjo and this episode of Battle for Jinjos. Command and Conquer. Oh, I I have had that written for a year. Well, February last year, it was finally written. And I had to change my mind because of real-world events. And I thought, it's not the time to talk about anything of that ilk. Uh, but I'm so glad we did it then. Because I was... There was a triple threat coming up with Tetris Sphere, New Tetris, and something else, a couple of... <laughs> God, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> anyway, and that was going to be the next battle for Jinjos because we hadn't ever done puzzle games. And then when I bought this back, I was like, I love that. And it's going to be a great one. It's one of those ones the script is written up. However, it's a bit boring to start off with. And actually, there's a game. There's one that I had pre-written. And we're going to go into what the next battle for Jinjos is. Because I had another one pre-written. And this was going to be off the back of the European launch, the anniversary of the European launch. Uh, it was going to be a triple threat that I did off the back of that. And I've recently just been a guest on Under Consultation, Under Console Pod. Go and give them a follow on Twitter. A lot of you have come across from that universe already. So I thought to myself while doing that, I, we we covered the launch of the European launch of the N64. And that was so much fun to do. It was so much fun to do with Ash Versus. It was brilliant. So I went into my book and I'm sort of planning it out and I've got the next couple episodes sorted. So the next battle for Jinjos will be a triple threat. And that will be on the brackets launch titles <laughs> of the N64 excluding Mario 64 <laughs> we've done Mario 64 it's it, it can't be included with this it is included it's got its own battle for Jinjos Mario 64 has got its own battle for Jinjos coming I promise it is coming but it's not yet. It's going to be a big one, and I've got it in my backpack. It's not fully written. But anyway, no, I'm digre I digress. Mario 64 has got its own battle for Jinjos to face. But, ladies and gents, the next battle for Jinjos will be between these three games. Star Wars, it is Star Wars, it is Star Wars, jumping on a train, yes. So, 
Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. We little bit brushed on this with the whole multimedia aspects of this. We are going to go into the full whack of what this game tried to do in the way of multi-platform, multi multimedia experience. Oh, this is going to be a real good deep dive. I've already done it. But it's going to be awesome. It's going to be brill. And it will be facing off against this game. My chill game. This is a game that I go to time after time. Oh, it's just brill. This is Pilot Wings 64. Oh, what a title. So good. It's so blimming good. I can't wait to talk about this. But we've done its sequel already. And it was a day late. Look, this it was a day late. It came out the day after. I'm sure as Ash made the joke that somebody more likely sold it early. So we're gonna include it in here. It'll be also facing off against this game. Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Three really iconic games for this console. And the thing was, was that if you got your N64 around launch, because of how Mario 64 kept selling out everywhere, you more likely went away with one of these games. You more likely, if you're a collector, you've definitely owned one of both all these games. And if you are an N64 player, I'm sure you've played at least two-thirds of these games i would say it all depends where your sort of mindset goes uh, this is going to be they're, they're very much three different games as well so it's going to be see how good see how the sort of the battle for jinjo's dynamic works but uh storyline will be up for grabs gameplay sounds and graphics and what the critics thought and more importantly what you guys thought now this isn't going to come out in two weeks time because in two weeks time i will be on a beach <laughs> so so I, I love you all dearly but i'll be on a beach i won't care about fucking <laughs> pre uh, recording and post uh, post production i i'm not gonna care about any of that so it will be out uh, more than likely beginning of march i know it's a bit of a wait however yeah the beginning of march March, this will be coming out so please keep it you'll you'll notice when the vote goes up if you're not already following n64 live podcast on twitter that's where the votes will go up if not come and join us on the discord lovely community there i mean i can't say this enough every morning without fail if you want to see someone post a picture of a coffee someone's there doing so so come and join it lovely retro gaming community across there obviously every friday every sunday apart from when i'm on the beach bugger off <laughs> every friday every sunday 8 30 till 11 i will be streaming uh ruddy friday streams which is a lovely eclectic mix of just everything uh, so come and go and give us a watch across there from anything n64 mainly we always kick off with an n64 game unless somebody has voted for a game to be played because that's something else you can do with your chat points you can actually say what we're going to play in the next game so sometimes i do get game boy advanced games or gamecube games thrown at me that way 
Uh, however, if you, uh, it will mainly come from the N64 anthology. So yeah, we usually start with an N64 game, even though we have expanded into that world. This is still a lovely place about N64, but GameCube's great as well. We know Chuff doesn't sing so. <laughs> Stop deleting his messages. You're a knobhead. Better not come back here after I've been away to find loads of problems. Better not. I want Matty on a stream soon. Uh, that does remind me, we have got some specials coming up in March, hopefully, uh, where we're going to do a little bit of a series of round tables. Uh, me and a couple of other N64 uh, that nutters will be sat around a table and we will be discussing uh, anything from the, our favourite games to our worst, least favourite games to our least appreciated games. We're going to make a couple of little podcasts based around those, so please keep your ears open in March for those. That that's going to be loads of fun as well. So yes, yes, loads to get involved with, loads to get involved with. And if you want to contact me, then n64life at gmail.com. Lovely. That's all of the all of the signy out bits. That has been brilliant. And it's great to be, I, I keep saying it, it's great to be blown back. It is good to be back. It's good to be back. And if I don't catch you on the next podcast, I'm sure I will catch you very, very soon. To win a galactic warfare takes risk, determination, and most of all, the strategic mind of a brilliant military genius. Ah, I lose again! StarCraft. All-out war on N64. Loser! Rated T. Now, for your N64, it's Command and Conquer. A global war is set between the biggest terrorist group the world has ever known, the Brother of Nod. And to defend democracy, the Global Defense Initiative is armed and ready. You must decide which side you will be on in this 3D real-time strategy game. Deploy and manage troops. Strategically place and move bases, tanks, crafts, and more while fighting off the fog of war. Capture the sensation of war with Command & Conquer for your N64.